what a gift it is to celebrate the sacrament of baptism together, to do so with joy, and to do so with so many family members here. Um, we're grateful for Doug and Elizabeth Ulritz, who will serve as baptism buddies to Olivia. We're grateful also for that prayer of blessing uh, that the Reverend Dr. Charlie Durham, Olivia's uncle, prayed over that, or actually uh, Katie's uncle, prayed over Olivia in this time. We are making our way through a sermon series that's going to last the entire length of the summer. It's a sermon series on the very fruit of the Spirit of God. It's rooted for us from the letter to the church in Galatia. So Galatians chapter 5 is our first text this day. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And the text that will guide our sermon this day comes to us from the psalmist, Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And all the nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What a joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go out to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So on this second week of our series, obviously, we're speaking of the fruit of joy. And last week, we were reminded that indeed, these, these fruit of the very Spirit of God are not something that we are trying to attain outside of us. Rather, they are planted by the very Spirit of God within us. So then our work becomes recognizing them within ourselves, recognizing them not just planted within us, but actually in the midst of all creation. We speak of joy then this day. I think it's important for us to spend a little time speaking of, of what we understand joy to be. The joy that we understand as a fruit of the Spirit of God is a deep and abiding thing. It is not shallow. And so joy then indeed includes happiness. Happiness is of great value to us. But when we speak of joy, we are speaking of something that not only includes happiness, but something much more. What then do we speak of? Joy, I would posit to you this day, joy is a recognition of our oneness with each other, with ourselves, with all of creation. I've made it a routine that on Sunday mornings, I get up really early and I work on the sermon, polishing things up, and, and then I go for a long run. And I leave out from Crosstown on the VE Green Line. It's uh, 3.46 miles to go all the way to the end and then come back. I'd listened to a podcast, um, an on-being podcast with Krista Tippett. She was interviewing a man named Ross Gay. Ross said this of joy. Joy is the moment when my alienation from the world shrinks. I was on that green line making my way on my run, and I started into an area that was covered in deep shade. It was cool, not like this morning, it was cool, 
and it smelled like, like honeysuckle. I don't actually know if it smelled like honeysuckle. Anytime I smell something nice in the forest, I claim it's honeysuckle. I don't know what other smells are. It smelled like honeysuckle, and I felt in that moment on my run that I was one with nature around me. Not just the, the trees and the smells, but also the ground underneath my feet. Uh, all of a sudden, my, my pace slowed a little bit. My heart melted a little bit in that moment, recognizing and knowing that I belong to all of this. Indeed, each of us and all of creation is one because it is all born of God. And so I think it's something that Ross Gay was trying to speak to. In that moment, what I was feeling as I slowed my pace and my heart began to slow too, that was joy. And it was quiet, but it was real. Put another way, joy is when the myth of our separateness from all things dissolves. Boundaries falling, kinship rising. And yet joy is complex. The psalmist tells us that. The psalmist speaks to the complexity of joy in the 126th Psalm. The psalmist speaks of a joy defined by depth and by character and by nuance with layers of meaning and identity. The psalmist tells of a joy that feels like a dream, but not a pithy, ephemeral kind of dream. The sort of dream that only the ones separated from their true home can know when they return to it. The psalmist describes joy born of struggle, a type of joy that Toy Derricott describes as joy as resistance. This is the sort of joy that feels like a stream in the desert of our existence. It's a sort of emotion that compels us to stay in motion, even when the rational voice would tell us to pack it in, to quit. Joy is complex, the psalmist tells us. This joy of which the psalmist speaks is a joy that is buried deep in the ground. It's a joy that can only be cultivated with knees on the ground and hands in the soil. It is joy with dirt under its fingernails. Joy that survives the scorching sun and a dry season that would shrivel a lesser seed. Joy that makes its way to the surface only weeks or months or even years of quiet, unseen work later. In the dark, joy does its work. And then it bursts forth, reminding us of the way in which we're bound to each other and to all of creation. The psalmist is talking about a complex understanding of joy, joy that goes to, to therapy, joy that gets sober, Joy that knows what it's like to scream into a pillow. Joy that knows what it's like to take a drive to clear its head. At last, it's joy that knows that to be its truest, realist self, it has to do the work. This is the deep joy that makes others take notice. This is the joy that makes onlookers say, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. This is the type of joy that is patient within us and yet being drawn out by the very Spirit of God. There and present 
even if it hasn't been birthed into the world. I was speaking with a good friend of mine a couple weeks ago. He had taken his six-year-old daughter to the dentist. They had taken x-rays of her teeth. They pulled the x-ray up and they put it to the light and my friend said to the dentist, what what are those? He was pointing out extra teeth on the x-ray that weren't present. The dentist said, oh, those are her big girl teeth. They're already there, my friend asked. Oh yeah, they're there. But how long until they start showing up? Probably years, but they're there. They're waiting. Joy waits within us, present, waiting to be born, like a seed sown into soil that needs turning and watering. The psalmist tells us that this joy is sometimes watered even with our own grief. It is watered from sorrow, born of tears. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. When we speak of joy as a very true and real fruit of the Spirit of God, we are speaking of something that we are called to practice and to share. As people of faith, when we talk of joy, this is the sort of joy that we're talking about. It is a joy that is hidden and patient, but it is real. This is the joy planted deep within us by the God of all the universe. The God that plants joy within us has also planted it deep within the church. Each of us, each pew, each soul, each person joining us virtually this day, planted within you is the fruit of joy. It is a joy that is actually also planted within our neighborhood, the blocks that surround us, Midtown, Greater Memphis, Germantown, and beyond. Because here's the gospel truth of joy. It is called from within us to be given to the world. It's a gift that we are to experience oneness indeed, but it is also something that is to be shared. When I think about these fruit as part of our vision for who we are to be as Idlewild Presbyterian Church, and as I mentioned last week, if indeed we are being the church that God has called us to, then when we have completed our work here, or when we look back on some of our work, a season perhaps, we will say to ourselves that Midtown and Memphis have more fruit being born within them because we are here. It's the same with joy. And our community does not need cheap laughter and soulless singing. It needs honest joy born of dirty hands and hard labor and deep faith. It needs a community of people, a church, willing to get its hands dirty, turning soil, and then waiting patiently for the harvest. It needs joy that is acutely aware that laughter and singing are not the result of cheap, cheap effervescence, but of a hard one rising. So here is the quandary that we have as we read the text this day. If you have come to this place in search of joy, and yet it hasn't been born yet within you, then you are called 
and each of us is indeed, to continue to till that soil and to wait patiently, even to, to nurture that seed within you with your own tears. But you are called also to know this, that the God of all creation has planted within you, within us, within our community, the fruit of joy. It's deep within, ready to be born, coming forth from us as God's faithful people to transform our community and the world. So let us walk in trust and in hope of the birth and the growth of that fruit. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, seeds planted within us by you, they take time. And yet we know that what you are growing within us, what will be born from this community into the world, is something that is deep and rich. It has texture and nuance to it. It is not pithy and cheap. Rather, it is... It is born of our own tears, our own sorrows, that we might know our oneness with each other and with you. So give us courage to walk as your faithful people. Give us courage to do that communally as well. And give us the inspiration and the faith to bear joy in our lives and into the world. We ask it in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord and all God's people say together, amen.